Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its pilot episode, and ignore any information we may have about the future of the show and focus strictly on that first episode alone. This week, we're going to be talking about The League. The League won 84 episodes over seven seasons, originally airing on FX and then moving to FXX later on. We're going to be talking about episode one today, which was called The Draft, which originally aired October 29th, 2009. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Joe, Ferg, Gordo, and Nick. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello. Hi, Mom. It's me, Ernesto. It's my favorite part of the entire episode. It's just Ruxin railing on that dude for being a terrible criminal. It's so oh, it's perfect. great. It's great. And we'll get to that shortly enough. But um, to start things off, as we do, The League. Has anybody uh, not seen The League going in? Anyone have anything they want to say right up front about it? Gordo, you have not watched it? I have not watched it at all. We were due for one of these. I, you had a nice, solid like month you or so run, run when you bud. actually saw the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. No, but I, didn't, I, I never saw this. No. For me, I, had, I knew it was on. I had an idea of what it was. And I thought it was a show about football. And I'm just not a football fan. So I just not pay attention to it. And my old roommate, Adam, who you guys all know, he finally convinced Kelsey and I one day, he was like, look, it's not really about football. And I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And we watched it. Maybe it was the second season. And then we just became obsessed with it and just watched everyone. This is one of those shows where like when the new season would come out on DVD, I would buy it so we could just watch it over and over again. And to that point, I just want to say Adam and his wife, Damaris, listen to every single episode of ours. So thank oh, you. Oh, well, hello them. there. Thanks, hello. Adam. A ton of people Mar- Adam. every episode. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as far as the league goes, uh, yeah, I've watched the whole thing through probably more than once. Big fan of the show. It's actually the show that got me to start playing fantasy football. I have always been a big football fan and for whatever reason, didn't never crossed into like fantasy. And watching this show is what finally made me jump into doing fantasy football, which I am very, very heavily involved with now. I mean, every season I'm somewhere between three to five different leagues that I'm playing in at the same time. Can we do a fantasy league between the five of us this year and sort of track it? Because I feel like I would be almost like Taco. Where I it would be fun. If we could get football. one more person, it, it would be doable theoretically. It would be all super teams. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter because Joe's not good at it. I don't think Gordo does it. Do you do it, Gordo? I did it back And in I'm the... not in any way good at it, so like it would be fun to see. Or we could okay, venture we'll, into we'll even... We'll pull somebody else in, though. We should do this and keep track of where we're going. And then we can do a live draft on, uh, as an episode. We can have Dave Perfect. in it. That would be sick. Why don't we have Dave? To do it. Okay, well, we'll figure out specifics later, but... Uh, and, that's and, and Jay outright disagreeing with me. No, I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it's, it's a conversation that's going to last 20 minutes right now, but and uh, I was going to say also maybe we can venture off in a daily fantasy, maybe look at a FanDuel or DraftKings and do it that style, because usually you do need a little bit of a bigger league. Uh, this league, we'll talk about it later, but their league is only like an eight-man, which is considered a very tiny league as far as fantasy football goes, so... So, but we'll get into all that. So, uh, it starts off with Pete, who's kind of like in this video chat thing with, with his fantasy football app. It looked like there was a point where I was able to get a screenshot of it. It was bestfantasyfootballleague.com, which is a legitimate website to do fantasy football leagues, but I don't know, like the chicken and egg thing. I don't know which actually came first. If they just bought the domain because they knew that they would get viewers because of the league. I don't know if this is a pre-existing site. If not, I'm sure they got some money for it. Yeah. 
Good, I mean, good move on their part if they capitalized on this. It's crazy to see how these things were done too before, like Yahoo decimated any kind of third party. Um, because There's actually like, a lot. No, as, I mean as it's I ESPN and Yahoo. Yeah, yeah and but no, CBS has a league, and now there's like the sleeper app. A lot of people. Are, there's actually and there's a lot of independent. Yeah, I guess sites. there is a chance for people to come. But for the see, this is the in the weed stuff that I'm like my head is spinning. Where you guys are talking about this, I'm like I have no idea what you're just talking just all different about. hosting sites where you can have your league done. I mean, in the early days of fantasy football, it was guys who would literally have to go through the newspaper and read player stats and manually tally scores by hand through the newspaper. And even even later in the episode, not a spoiler or anything, but Kevin says he needs the checks on time for the fantasy league, which is now like you just pay on the app and then the app pays out the winner and stuff like that. Back in the day, you'd have to like physically hand people cash to start the league, which I think at one point we did too. Well, we used to, yeah, we used to do cash and yeah, we used to do hard cash, and then it was just it's easier for distribution purposes to just pay the website and have the website pay the winner back at the end. One that I've always wanted to do is I don't know if you guys know the comedian Doug Stanhope. Yes, the Boston comedian from the, man, the yeah. second man show. Yeah, yes, that was that, that was him. Rogan. Yeah, but I love him. But one of the things he does, and they do it every January first through December thirty first, is they do a a league. But as a, anybody can join it as a death pool, and you basically pick celebrities and people who you think are gonna die. I would pick Doug Stanhope and their ages. Well, that's, that's the fun thing, right? You can't pick somebody who's like. If somebody has like a, they're crazy on one end, or if somebody's ninety nine years old, it's there's a point system. Ah, involved. damn! So Betty White's off the table. Yeah, so Betty White. No, you could pick her, but you'll only get one point. But if you, you pick yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and he goes, you probably get like fifty points, right? So maybe January first, we can look into doing a celebrity death pool too. I'm gonna pick Who- Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> We've already killed Whoopi Goldberg. We can't kill her again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Pete's sending this message to the rest of the guys in the league, like this video, and you and you can kind of see as he's delivering the message, they're using this device to introduce you to the rest of the characters in the show because they're all in their respective areas watching the video that Pete's sending out. Uh, so I kind of want to go through everyone, but starting with Pete, uh, I love this device too, though. By the way, what a good way to introduce it's a good way to introduce you to everybody in a fun, quick way. But Pete, uh, Mark Duplass, I believe is his name. Uh, I could be butchering his last I name's pronunciation, but. Duplass. Does anyone know him from things before this? I kind of want to get into everyone as we go Not along. Not from before into... this, but he popped up in a lot of shit after. Yeah, yeah and I would stuff. just like to state that I fucking hate him. I hate really? him as an actor. I hate his character in this. I hate this guy with a burning passion. I fucking hate him. I hate him That's so much. I really like him. I like yeah, him I'm a, a lot of Worst character yeah, on the show. Too. Easy. I'm a, I know, I'm a big fan of his. And For he's me, it's a, Taco. He's like a writer director and everything too. Like, so he's, I don't know how much he had to do with the creation of this show, but, and we'll get into it in a second. I don't know if still to this day, but at the time, Jenny was his wife in real life. They're still married. Yeah. Still married. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, Ferg, you must like the creep movies, right? Yeah. I love those movies. Those he's creep awesome movies he them. did are great. I like all the movies he did. The Dodeca Decathlon one is really good. The Puffy Chair is really good. He's yeah, like, he's in that shitty Amy Schumer movie too, which ugh, nothing she does is good. He was in some weird time traveler movie where he was kind of like borderline autistic or something. I forget exactly the premise. I watched it. It actually wasn't a bad movie, but he was not my favorite part of it. I don't think I saw that one, but I mean, I don't, I don't dislike him as much as Nick does. This is a uh, Nick's Queen Latifah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Queen Latifah. I just I think hate you hate Queen Latifah. Do you want to go back to last week's episode of Living Single and you want to hear about how much Ferg hates Queen Latifah? Uh, go ahead and give that a good listen. But yeah, as we meet some of these characters, just to go in order, we meet Ruxin, who is played by Nick Kroll, 
who's telling his newborn baby as he's watching the video that he's going to go balls deep in them this year. So we're like 30 seconds into the show and we have one of the characters telling his newborn infant son that he's going to go balls deep in his friend. So you get a really good vibe of what this show is. Yeah. Jay, you're yeah. not going to you're not going to plug Caveman. Nickroll <laughs> most known for Caveman, the ABC <laughs> smash comedy hit Caveman. <laughs> Nick Kroll, a very funny man, a very talented man, but Caveman is the worst TV show that has ever been. Caveman is a phenomenal show, and I can't wait till we uh, immortalize it when I assume episode 100 is the only show deserving of Caveman, right? That's going to be just you alone, where none of us are going to show up that day. It's going to be just just for an hour waxing on Caveman. Episode 100 when we do Caveman. (laughs) Nope. um, We'll talk about Nick Kroll in his his role there. How about this? Episode 1000, we'll do Caveman. Actually, to be honest with you, I only I only like Nick Kroll in two things, and it's this and what we do in the shadows. I oh can't no, stand Big Mouth is really funny. Big Mouth's uncomfortable. Mouth, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen Big Mouth. I think Nick Kroll, by the way, the I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure is responsible for the divorce of Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. He is. I'm almost positive. Yeah, <laughs> and and a- him and Amy Poehler aren't even together anymore. So he just kind of. Fuck that one all up and then ran. <laughs> oh, well, that's unfortunate. That's but, bummer. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I am a fan of Nick Kroll. And then next we meet Kevin and his wife, Jenny, which is, um, I said Jenny, Katie Asselton. Asselton. And, okay. And Steve Renazizi play these characters. Uh, we already established uh, Jenny's character is um, Pete in real life, our husband and wife. And uh, <laughs> Joe, just get it out real quick. Steve Renazizi plays Kevin is one of the main characters of this show. Where do you best know him from? I won't belabor this point, but anybody who's a longtime listener of this show, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you know my predilections and some of my interests. I would like to say that this may be the first time ever we have a genuine 9 organic survivor <laughs> organically on the show. And the fact that Steve Ranazizi was able to outrun those towers and make it, he outkicked his coverage, if you will, to make it <laughs> to this show. I'm going to try my best to not bring it up, not harp on it, but... I don't even think it's worth noting any of his other credit. There's not a Why ton was this show canceled again? What's that? Why was this show canceled again? I, I, honest, I mean, I don't want to get to into future stuff too much, and I don't think it's that. I honestly, if you watch the later seasons, they ran out of ideas. Yeah, I mean, the show got worse. But I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. And, and for, for it those wasn't of you, just his 9-11 stuff, but right. that didn't help for sure. So, yeah, we, I don't want to touch on it for too long, but just to catch uh, the listeners up, Steve Run is easy after 9-11 had made claims that he was in one of the towers uh, that day and escaped uh, early on and was a survivor of the attacks. Uh, and it turned out that that was not truthful and it really blew up on him years later. And Is blew up the right term to use right there? Okay. Well, in any event, <laughs> yes, yeah, just to catch you guys up on that and we'll, we'll move past that for now. And I love we'll just Jay's okay whenever. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, if I was to have a catchphrase on the show, it's just usually disappointed. Okay, let's move on. Okay. You know, just to go back to it real quick, I can't stop thinking about the Amy Poehler and Nick Kroll thing. Who sees visually Nick Kroll and then goes, I need to leave my husband for this guy? He is such a weird looking dude. Well, I guess when and your husband looks like Will Arnett, it's a difference. In I mean, yeah, we're not talking about a bunch of tens here, but I, I, these are two comedians who work together and probably built up a rapport and live within that same world together. They, uh, cause like Nick Kroll was, were they already together when he had done episodes of Parks and Rec? I don't, th- he was no, the douche, right? No, yeah, he was the douche, but he was, um, God, he this was, was way, show. this, uh, her and Will Arnett were already married at that point, I think. Did they have kids? I think he actually, did they have kids together or was that after and she already had kids? Uh, with Will Arnett or Nick Kroll? Yeah, Will Arnett. I don't think her and Nick Kroll had kids. 
No, I meant Arnett. Oh, then I don't know. Either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. Either way, a weird celebrity sort of scandalous thing that nobody talks about. But I think that I, I mean, I really like Will Arnett. I really like Nick Kroll. I feel like it's a weird, Amy Poehler. It's a weird kind of scenario that well, we don't know the ins and outs of, but. I don't like Amy Poehler. Well, I'm sure so. I, it's complicated and none of us were there for it. So, I mean, I guess who's to say what happened, but. To go back to Kevin and Jenny's scene there, as they're listening to Pete's speech via video, um, he includes a picture of Kevin from the the loser's you know penalty. So in a lot of fantasy football leagues, a, <laughs> a lot of people have last place uh, punishments, and it looks like Kevin's character was a loser last year and had to it was just go to an ATM naked. <laughs> was that the whole challenge? Yeah, it was just that. <laughs> and Jay, just real quick, where do picture. you know Jenny from? The Office. Thank you. That's what I assumed. Yeah. So she's in um the Blood Drive episode of The Office. It was like the uh the Valentine's Day Lonely Hearts yeah. episode. Yeah. She leaves and her glove she's behind. The, she's the other one. Yeah. She's the other one donating blood when uh, Michael Scott is, and they have this nice, fast little connection. And um, she leaves her glove behind, but he never finds her, unfortunately. But she all is things way out, out of Michael Scott. Scott's league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only place I know her right off the top of my head from. I'm sure she's been in a bunch of things I've seen, but. I've watched The Office so many times that I've probably seen that single episode of The Office as many times as I've seen every episode of The League because I've watched The Office on loop for, you know, the better part of the last half of my life. Are we, get, are we getting you out of that comfort zone where you only watch The Office now that you're on this show? I have no time, so I don't watch The Office as much as I used to because I honestly just don't, between prepping for this show and everything else and work unfortunately i can't loop the office as non-stop as i used to which i don't know will probably be good for me somewhere down the road i'm i'm branching out into other programming and now you get a break into the bonus episode stuff on peacock yes yes those supersized episodes uh next we have taco who's man i'm butchering everyone's name joe just say it for me please john Lois. It's French. Is, French. is that how you pronounce it? Really? I've never said it that way. So I, I would have. I said it earlier, but I feel about Taco how Nick feels about Pete. I hate his character. Oh, uh, I, I love Taco throughout the show. But I can't no, he's he's so ne- to me he's so necessary. What about Taco tunes? But um, yeah. So your first introduction introduction into Taco is he's like smoking out of like a ceramic unicorn and uh it, it, which he claims gave him a mental erection so like you know he's a uh, just a wacky character i uh, best known for he had a bunch of like videos that were really popular on the internet beforehand like show me your genitals and uh everyday normal guy was that the name of the other one yeah he's like a singing comedian he had a few albums out the song that he plays later on in this episode is actually a song that's from one of his albums beforehand oh is it okay yeah, it's not for this show like it's already oh, i always thought it was the first time I ever saw him was like really late at night. He had like a Comedy Central half hour where it was all songs and he played that birthday song. So when I first saw this, I was like, oh, I, where do I know the song from? And I had to sort of like backwards go figure it out. And we'll, we'll get into that scene a little later because that may be one of the highlights of the entire episode. And then um, Andre, who was played by Paul Shear, he's been in a million things. Uh, and you're watching... They show a clip of him when he was younger being tricked by the guys. You can see he's kind of like the he's kind of like the one that they all pick on the most. And he's getting a tattoo of Pete on his back. And I don't know if they established what it was. It was he thought it was. He just an thought eagle, it was. Right? Was it supposed to be an eagle? It was, I didn't remember. Yeah, it was like supposed that. to be an eagle. So. But it definitely wasn't supposed to be his buddy's face. They Paul go Sheer. way too hard on this dude. Yeah, to the point where it's brutal. unbelievable that he would stick around. By the, the end of the yeah. season, uh, end of the show, not to jump ahead to like where we see, but by the end of the show, sometimes you're like, "There's no way this guy is a rich, successful doctor in a major U.S. city. He would just leave these dudes behind and find <laughs> people who actually didn't treat him yeah. like shit." It's insane. like there's got to be people who like him in this yeah. world, and he just stands by them. 
Yeah, but uh, Paul Shear's in a ton of stuff. Anything come to mind, like, first off, that you know him best from? The first thing I would have seen him in is he was one of the cast members on the Upright Citizen Brigade TV show that was on Comedy Central when we were kids, with Amy Poehler, too. So, like, that's definitely where I would have seen him from. And I will say now, as podcasters, the only time I've ever gone to see a podcast live was to see Paul Shear's podcast a couple of years ago. Is that the one he does with um? It's El him Cunado? and uh, his wife June Diane Raphael, and then um, speaking of the league, the brother-in-law. It, he's another Jace, Jason. Jason, yeah, Jason. Uh, Jason Mansukis. <laughs> That's what an M. What is it? Mansukis. He's Mansukis. also a Boston now. North Shore guy, so yeah. represent there. He's not a South Shore guy. Absolutely, and he's hilarious. I hate that he's not in this episode because I'd love to talk about him. But I know he's so funny. But that he was also on also uh, really good. a few episodes of The Good Place. Yeah, yep. He was yep. in The Good Place, which yeah. we he's, touched on earlier. If you want to listen the back, the best part of the entire Good Place. He's, he's the great. best part of the league. He's also the best <laughs> part of the league. Yeah. Oh, Veep. He was in Veep. I was just looking it up to see what I remembered him from. But he was a uh, a bunch of episodes of Veep. And, and he, he did. Uh, he was also on Parks and Rec, which we talked about earlier because Roxanne was also on there. Who he's also the funniest part on? of that movie, The Dictator. He was the. He was Dennis Feinstein. He created all the fragrances. The perfume guy. Oh, him. I thought we were still talking about um, Paul Shear. No, no. Paul, and Paul Shear. Um, Paul Shear was on Parks and Rec, though. He's the guy who helps them make the playgrounds. Oh, really? No. I, I don't remember him off the top of my head. I'd have to watch that. No, back. that's not him. That's Parks and Rec, right? He, he runs away and it's like a scam. No, uh, that's not Paul I, I don't, Shear. I can't yeah. say one way or another, so I'm not sure. Paul Shear also did a. Uh, he was on a ton of episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, which is a great show that I would love to cover on this show eventually too. Well, we definitely will. I I love that show. Yep. So that's it. I mean, we're introduced that's all the, the characters cast, right there, right? but that's a pretty good way to introduce us to six people. Yeah, we talked about it for a minute, but I mean, it was a really quick clip, and it gave you a just like a quick taste of who everybody was. It gave you just enough to kind of get a vibe for who everybody was. And also in that show, there's five guys on that in the main cast right and there's five of us and i i had an inkling to try to give a who is everybody but then i just stopped and all i could think of is steve ranazizi is doing his entire phone call while on the toilet and i was like it's not worth figuring out who everybody else is when it's just so easy to say who gordo is (laughs) because i've never met anybody who would like to talk on the phone while he's in the bathroom more than gordo two birds one stone (laughs) we get to the title screen which is very very simple it's just basically uh the logo for the episode and this quick like da 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 it's just kind of the music um very sporty not much to talk about there and i think uh, as we go through shows and we analyze them so much now like versus just watching a billion shows your whole life i kind of love the shows now that just go to like here we are me too yeah yeah get it out of the way i don't need a minute long intro I think it's weird. I think like nostalgia, we really like the old ones because like there's these timeless songs that we like to like think back about. We talked last week about living single, like 20 plus years later, we all remember the, the you know, the, the song that went to that. But a lot of these shows nowadays, like in, in you know, we just talked about, uh, by the way, The Office that I watch nonstop all the time. But like shows like this, The Good Place, the ones that just like, here's the show, let's get going. Like, let's just get to it. I- I'm cool with that too. I still think one of the greatest gifts given to the world in the past five years is the button that says skip intro. The first oh, yeah. time I saw mm. that, I was like, find the person who God made send. that. And yep. we all give them like five cents from our paycheck for the rest of our lives because they just made things so much better for everybody. Ah, uh, fuck that guy. Ferg's <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're ruining intros for me. <laughs> if you're going to do a long, drawn out intro, you have to go for gold with it. Yeah, it's going to be not good, legit. If, 
yeah, if you're house. not going to put the effort into it, then then don't bother. Just make it a small button and just move on. I want like DuckTales level of awesome. Woo! Yeah, me too. I was going to say, who's the first one to go? Woo! Is that the gold standard for uh, show intros? Is, is I'm not kidding. I think that is the greatest theme song of all time. And I'm not being hyper, like, not hyperbole. Like, I, I think it's one of the greatest theme songs ever written. I just recently watched the entire opening cartoon opening for the chipmunks from when we were kids oh chip rescue and dale's rangers? rescue rangers, yeah, rescue rangers. No, 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 it's another good one with another Alvin, good Alvin and oh, oh yeah, fuck, fuck them no do do yeah I got excited it. when i thought it was chip and dale dude that song rocks pretty good nah, well chip if and you want to talk about rescue other rangers. chipmunks watch the rescue rangers theme i went to a so catchy i went to a character breakfast in disney world and chip threw a banana at my face you know you have it coming yeah i met chip we're not on good terms Oh, so we can't get him on the show. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. So anyways, let's get to, uh, you know, the next scene is Pete's wife uh, walks into the room. Basically, as he's finishing up that message, uh, looks away. It looks it looks like he skipped work maybe to do all this. And that's what frustrated her. She's she's well aware of what this league is. Doesn't seem to approve. And um, yeah. So did he take the day off work just to like send a shit talking message to all his friends? I mean, that's kind of on brand with all of them. What is she from? Because she looks familiar. Um, she's in a lot of stuff and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. She's one of those, she just appears in things all the time, but she's never really the star of anything. She had a big role in something recently we just watched and I hate that I don't remember off the top of my head, but she, yeah, she's definitely like a working actor that pops up in things, but something very recently, like probably like around the beginning of the pandemic where like, I forgot, I was watching it. I was like, I can't place this. And Kelsey was like, oh, it's Megan. Oh, is that why she was mad at him? Because he skipped work? Cause I didn't I, get that. That was the vibe I got. Is that like that maybe he skipped work to do this? I don't think it's a skip work thing. I think it's him being obsessed with fantasy football. Yeah, yeah that's he's kind of like I a shithead too. who just likes fantasy football and he's right. not like paying attention because as they go further along the episode, their values don't seem to align, right? Correct. The next thing we get is Pete and Kevin on the phone now. And Joe, you mentioned this earlier. So Kevin's just on the toilet the whole time and he's got like a fantasy football magazine in his hand and drinking and, a beer. And this is when Pete discovers that. Every time he's ever talked to Kevin on the phone, that's when Kevin's on the toilet, which I guess it's like one of those. I'm sure it happens. I think at some point we've probably all been on the phone while on the toilet, I guess, but I don't make a conscious effort to do it. And it's one of those. It happens, but I never want to know about it. Like if I'm on the phone with you, don't don't tell me you're on the toilet. Like, I just don't need to know. It's Our fine. phones have mute buttons and they should for a reason. Right. If you're going to pee. I mean, for me, it's more peeing on the phone because I'm on 8,000 calls a day. Sometimes you just get to pee and you just mute. And if they start talking, you have to, you have to like cut back the stream for a second. And then <laughs> that's why you sit down. Going. I flushed the toilet on a conference call once and I forgot to mute myself. <laughs> and like, <clears throat> you can definitely tell who did it because you can see your like circle light up. Yeah. You, know, sound like you just produced. made the noise. Yeah. And uh, my, one of the, one of my managers was like, uh, yeah, so somebody's not on mute. If you could just mute yourself, that would be good. I was like, Oh fuck me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> At that point too, you're like, they heard the, they heard the flush. What else did they hear? The other thing that we find out in this part of the conversation is that Kevin and Jenny are going to try to have another child, which Pete's not happy about because Megan, Pete's girlfriend, also would like for them to have a child. And his he's wife, tried... they're married. Are they married? Okay, they're okay, married, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
So, so Pete's wife and him, she would like to have a child, but he is not ready for that. And by one of his best friends having another child is only stacking up against him for that argument when he's trying to fight against having another kid. Also, just bleeding into what a shitty dude this guy is. Oh, she was he, Ricky Bobby's wife. Yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, I knew it was something okay. I saw recently, and I did just watch that recently. That's right. She was also, also way out of his My wife is retarded. What <laughs> 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 But yeah, Ferg's first foray into movie production (laughs) a few years ago. (laughs) Filmed in Fergberg. Can I just say, as someone who's never seen the show, outside of Roxanne and Taco, every time you guys mention somebody's name, I have to think of who you guys are talking about. Because they all kind of look similar. And they have such generic names that I would say Pete Pete and Kevin. I can see mixing up Pete and Kevin the most. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody that watched this show like multiple times, I had to do like study today too because I forgot their names. I can never remember Kevin's name. So yeah, Kevin and Pete, I had to like remind myself which one's which and stuff. So I I get that. I'll say, I've said this, I think, before in an earlier episode. I tend to not remember any characters' names the first few episodes in. I'm always forgetting who's actually who name-wise. And usually as you continue watching a show, you just get used to everything. It's almost like when you start at a new job, right? You don't know everyone's name right away because you get introduced to 50 people at once and you, you know, no, eventually true. you'll, you'll start, they'll start sticking with you for the purpose of the show. It's just easy to write everything down and refer to them by characters instead of saying the guy, this dude. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think on a first, on a first run watching a show, I don't think it's even expected that you memorize every character's name right away. It's it's at least I don't. Yeah, I mean, I just think that this this show did a poor job out of not stating their names and like making it kind of stick with you outside of like I said, Taco and Rock. Well, I Whereas, think some shows like, are actually way worse. Uh, you know, I think way back to our very first episode, uh, Friends. I remember like trying to clock the first time they would mention people's names and like someone like I think like Phoebe's name wasn't even mentioned until like 20 minutes into the episode. Like it just wasn't spoken of. That's because in re- in reality, I wouldn't be like, oh, hello, I, Ferg, think you should do this. Right. It's Don't not natural so, to talk that way. Right. Yeah. The best way to do that is usually if two people are in a room talking about the third person, you know what I mean? Then they can reference their name or something like that. No, that makes sense. I really like this next scene that's coming up because it's when Pete's going to bed now with Megan, his wife, and he doesn't know where his lucky draft shirt is. And, um, you know, she says she doesn't know where it is. That comes into play later in the episode. He's also, she asked him about, um, have you talked to Kevin recently? So now he's nervous that she's aware that they're trying to have a child. So he's trying pretty hard to avoid that part of the conversation. But this is where, like, it spins real quick. This is the only thing I didn't like about the scene is it quickly turns to them just hooking up. Like, there's, like, no transition into it. For less than a minute. Yeah, they're talking. Yeah. yeah, that's a thing, too. So they're talking, and then they start making out or whatever, and then she goes right for it and slides a finger up the number two hole, uh, which, right he, it, man. which he's not a fan of at all. He does not like this at all, and he's trying to get out of it. My first laugh, though, of, of when she put her hand on his face after, I fucking yes. died. <laughs> I was at work, with my, I was at work with my headphone in trying to act like I'm working, and I just burst into laughter and started looking at me. Yeah. Like, what does she say as she's walking out? She, she says, good job, old boy. <laughs> Gives him like a little slap on the ass. But, but yeah, that like, was. She seemed very satisfied. I mean, again, he's not a big fan of the finger in the ass situation, and was trying to get out of it. And I think him trying to buck out of it turned him into like a like a 
like a horse that was just uh you know, it's trying to get like out of the, the old stable there. take on the old rodeo and then um yeah but she was apparently very satisfied by the all of 10 seconds worth of sex they just had she was like super uh pleased walking out of that room i mean to his i mean lucky for him right if he wasn't enjoying it at least it wasn't a long scenario right that right. that goes by pretty quickly but that was i mean i know you're not going to show an entire session of sex on on the scene but yeah but you know how you get around that you cut in they're already having sex you don't know how long they were doing it beforehand yes because the rest like, of the conversation before wasn't that important other than they were trying to establish the lucky shirt which he could have asked about after they were done i don't know i think it's funnier that it just starts that happens and then it ends. I, I think that's like a good way to do it, right? Because I think it's funnier the fact that it's only ten seconds long. But were we supposed to like question that, like, or was it no, supposed I to be like, oh, it was they just won't... TV sex is fast? Yeah, they, like... like they weren't even thinking. I was like, this is so short to show front to back. This is supposed to be the entire session, and it was so quick. Apparently, it made an impression on all of us, though. So it did. <laughs> yeah. It well, I think joke. I think yeah, the situation that she had put him in was it, it'll flag your attention because it's not something you often see on television. Yeah. That's also too. She said he says the tip is already too much. That was the part that made me (laughs) like just the tip. Was like the tip's already too much. (laughs) And then um, doesn't she also yell, "I'm the boss" during that? Which is the turn to him. I'm the boss. I'm the captain now. From this scene, we go right into the next morning. I assume it's the next morning. And Kevin and Jenny are throwing a birthday party for their daughter. It's her fifth birthday. And they're in the kitchen with Taco, who is her uncle, and he's under the impression that she was turning like nine. So his concept of time is way off. You start getting that Taco is kind of, from the very beginning, you know, he's always smoking weed. He's aloof. a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Aloof is a, a, a light way of saying it. And I like that Um, in this conversation, Jenny's talking kind of about how advanced their daughter is. Is it Ellie? Is Ellie the name of their Ellie, daughter? Yeah. Talking about how advanced Ellie is and... As this is happening, you can see like the magnetic board with all the letters that like you would put on your fridge typically, and the word whore was <laughs> spelled out. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruxin has like a comment about it too right away, right? Like you realize too, like Ruxin's character is developed from the very beginning. Uh and then it was a matter of Taco asking about like, oh, do you want to know what I did yesterday? And they're like, got stoned and watched the movie. Like, yeah, I watched Total Recall twice. <laughs> it's like <laughs> What an amazing day. Total Recall twice. And that's when we find out that there's a birthday song that he wrote for Ellie that, you know, you mentioned earlier and we'll get into. But have you ever watched the same movie twice in the same day? Yeah. Yes. I've never done that. I can't. I've never done that. I think I've done it with um, Step Brothers. When I was younger, I I had VHS tape. I had two tapes. One had Batman 89, followed by Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and one had Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Not the shitty one. I hope it was Who Framed Roger Rabbit you watched twice. Not Ghostbusters 2016, at which I am the star of that movie. Yep, and that's why it failed. <laughs> but I would watch both of those tapes when I was a kid. Like, certain days, I'd watch them over and over again. So, like, I'd watch Batman and then Roger Rabbit, rewind the tape, Batman, Roger Rabbit. Like, that could be a whole day. So, sometimes I would do that. Not so much now, obviously. I don't think we have enough free time to watch the same movie twice, but... No, I, I, think like, like, I used to do it with the Leslie Nielsen classic, Repossessed. Oh, I thought you were going to say wrongfully accused. <laughs> uh, Dracula dead and loving it. All great Leslie Nielsen movies. There's no bad uh, Leslie Nielsen movie. He also stars in uh, the last season of Golden Girls with my girl, Rue McClanahan. You killed my Leslie Nielsen talk. The only, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is like, you know, sometimes like you'll have like a movie channel on TV that'll like, they have this kind of loop of three or four movies playing all day. Like, I think there's been times where you fall asleep or you're not really paying attention to TV or doing work and like the same movie will come on later in the day. It'll like, they'll be playing like Karate Kid one, two, and three. And then like after that, Karate Kid starts all over again and they just play the 
like that's like just how that day goes for the channel. FX so that's recently like, did that with um the American Pie movies. Yeah, so I think that's like the closest I've come to watching a movie multiple times in the same day. Yeah, because sometimes you'd fall asleep watching something and it would still be on. Like TBS was big on that, right? Like they would play a movie just at three in the morning it, yeah. and then play it at nine in the morning too. You'd wake up in the same spot, kind of hungover, and be like, "Well, I guess this is what we're doing." Like I'm not gonna. What about what about TNT with a, a Christmas story on Christmas? 24 hours oh you know that's that's an amazing point i probably watched that movie a few times that Mm -hmm. day in pieces right it's kind of always on are there any other movies that get played 24 hours like that not that i know of i can't there's been like tributes like there's been days where it's like channels that play like i can't remember which every rambo might be like yeah i was just about to say rocky actually i remember when um they kept playing uh they played ghost on loop when Whoopi goldberg died oh r.i.p Whoopi. That took me a second, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, so now Pete shows up at the party, and he shows up with the Shiva, which is their fantasy football trophy. And, um, there's just, like, it's unexplained, and there's just a photo of a young Indian girl on the trophy, and it doesn't get addressed at all. And peeling back, obviously, we've all watched the show, there is eventually explanation to all this, but the fact that they don't touch on it at all and it just happens to be like some young, in- like, because these are all grown men and there's a picture of a child, like a, a younger Indian girl just in the middle of their trophy. It's very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, lo- I love, though, in the first episode, they just don't mention it. Now, Gordo, as somebody who'd never seen the show, what were your thoughts? Is they just showing a trophy? Because I feel like we're all coming from it like well, we know what eventually happens. Were you just like, whatever? Or did you like have questions about it? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I-, I saw that on the top, there was the, the Hindu god Shiva, I think, is what it is, because it is like a medallion on the top with like the multiple arms. And then there's the picture that I didn't get. But again, I'm sure they address it down the line. But the fact that they didn't address it right then and there kind of, I think, added to the humor of it. As someone yes. who's never watched the show. But that's just my take on it. I know for, um, so I'm in a, like I said, a few fantasy football leagues. And now for two of the leagues I'm in, uh, one with uh, Nick and Ferger both in. And then my one at work, we actually have um, like championship belts that you can now buy for your fantasy football league. So that's, I have, you know, we have two different fantasy football belt for those two leagues and i've seen all kinds of different trophies i guess i, I don't know what if we do one amongst ourselves what, what we would we would probably have to i think the most logical thing is to buy like a replica shiva probably if we were at all that makes together, but... sense or we find some girl we went to school with and weirdly deify her yeah that would be so i oh mean that's like for the think of like the logistics of that and i don't want to get into it because it's really past episode one but when that person discovers that you have it it's just so weird but um yeah so andre and pete get to talking and you can tell that like they just shit on Andre all the time, but Andre's retaliations are so poor because like when he's trying to come back at him, he's like, Oh, I'm gonna get your sloppy seconds and I'm gonna blow he's talking about the trophy, by the way. But like how he's describing it are these really weird sexual things that just put him in a submissive situation. It's not like doesn't really make sense to yeah, I'm gonna give you a blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try so that hard was, and it that, just that, never works. Hey, clip that too, please. <laughs> <laughs> Right, followed right it. by for four. Who's boner? Who's boner? <laughs> I'm gonna give you a blowjob. And although, although I think this is a device that could date a show, I actually really like that they use actual current players at the time when they're yeah. talking fantasy football. Because it makes the conversation seem more realistic. I think that makes more sense for a show like this. That's the equivalent of not going five 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 oh five five, right? Like you're you're putting real people into it, and you know we can't discuss if we know anything about the future of the show, but. The show like this opens you up to be like every football player can be on this show now. You can 
you know, sort of move yeah. that in and out. See, I didn't like that. You you prefer to be in a world alone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll get to it. That's part of the part of my my reasoning down the line. But like, I feel like you've completely tipped your hand. But we'll get into that. I guess yeah, later on. Yeah. Well, I'll get into it later on. But yeah. I did not like that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, see, I'm a big fan. And even looking back, like I found interest in I know it was two thousand nine, so at this point it's like some of those players are so outdated, but that I don't was know, my it just problem. makes it just makes the conversation so authentic instead of making up fake players, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you see, I, I, I feel like it's only relevant for two thousand nine. It yeah, doesn't mean agree, anything but... in twenty twenty one. No, but it doesn't yeah. take because the the show is about a fantasy football league, but it no, I get that really is about them, the, each character. It but really, fantasy football is so dependent. They could have drafted on PP McGee and like yeah, I think the problem you're having here that was like, I'm with Ferg in this one. The problem you're having is the reason I never like wanted to watch the show to begin with. It, you're holding too much on the fact about fantasy football, where the fantasy football is like the third thing about the show, right? It's about all these dudes. They just happen to be. That's the reason they get together. It's because not I so guess much a football show. Mm, like if you're not okay. a big football fan, right? Like in this case, right? Like Joe, you don't watch football. Yeah, I hate football. I love you, this show. When they're discussing players early on, you don't know if they're making up names. They could have been fake names, and it really wouldn't have mattered. So, And some players they mentioned before, I thought they were. The first yeah. time I heard the, the name Chad Ochocinco, I was like, yep. that's a funny, you know, funny name they made up. To be he fair, it, on is, the Patriots. it is technically no. a made-up name by Chad Johnson. Yeah, he did <laughs> Wait, change his name. He changed his name to Chad Ochocinco because he wore the number 85. Oh, well, fuck that guy. But he, <laughs> yeah. legally, he legally changed his last name to Ochocinco, and then he played on the Patriots. Our what home an team for those listening. Yep. If you're listening, Ocho Cinco, I'm calling you out. No, it's actually not as bad as Ron Artest becoming yeah. Meta World Peace. Yeah. Is his actual name? <laughs> Wait, what? I think, yes. still, I think he's back to Ron he's, Artest. He might be back now. No, I think he is still Meta World Peace. He changed his name to Meta World Peace. Also, just if you're go look up Ron Artest's interview where a lady asks him about the game, and then he goes on about how. Having baby teeth fall out and getting your real teeth to come in afterwards is the greatest thing that God has given us. Doesn't reference the basketball game at all. Just talks for two minutes about baby teeth. It's amazing. He also jumped into the audience and fought the fans. So No, oh, yeah. Ron tested that. Meta World Pizza would never do that. Yes. <laughs> I hate this conversation so yeah. much. But uh, yeah, so, uh, and I like also uh, to go back to, to the scene, Taco walks up and he's like, oh, cool trophy. And like has no idea. And, and it's a trophy that he's won. Yeah, it's like, I like your name's on it. his name on it. You've had this trophy for a year in your house. I want to know how he won. Like, not yeah, to, like you've seen it. That, I but. mean, you've seen a fantasy. But there's a lot of luck involved, too. It's like as much as you want to. Yeah, Jay's won a bunch of times, so. <laughs> I I put the work in, but Jay puts I, the work in. But uh, certain other people who have been champs in our league, I don't yeah, know we won't get into are, specific names. Yeah, I guess like, I guess if we're gonna go over, does that make me the Pete? Yeah, uh, no, I'm not the most <laughs> likable person, and I've won a bunch of times. Yeah, I can see that. Um, also, Taco introduces himself to Ruxin, and Ruxin's like, <laughs> "We've been friends for 15 years." <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I like, I like how nonchalantly Ruxin, he's like, hey, man, yeah, we've known each other for 15 years. Like, it's not the first time this has happened. <laughs> it's weird because a joke like that typically to me is too far and unrealistic, but it, I don't know, with, with I like Taco's character a lot and it completely works for me. And I love Nick Kroll and this is one of the greatest characters of all time. He plays this so well. He, he, he is Ruxin to me. Like, he's just, 
I know it's, it was anything hard. I see him in now, I'm like, oh, that's Roxon. It really is hard to separate himself differently. Just his the, his facial expressions, the way he says things, like you said, Jay, and even just sometimes just a noise. Uh, hmm. Like it's funny when he makes a noise. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> There's um Roxon's home alone, and he's ready to rock. But my my issue with Taco isn't the character himself; it's the fact that they keep that character around. If well, that makes he's any sense. Kevin's it, brother. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I feel like I agree with Ferguson. It's not he... bad. It's the fact that they know how he is. They know he's like that, and they bring him to like a child's birthday. Like clearly, they didn't want him to have a song or anything because he's clearly done shit like this before, and they right. keep bringing him on. Yeah, this right. isn't like, new. I, this isn't like the there's first. There's a lot more extreme examples which I won't get into because those are the future of the show, which we don't cover. But yeah, like, he yeah. doesn't seem like a uh, a mainstay. Like he shouldn't always be. He's there. meant to be the more extreme, and that's why I think you do see him off on his own a lot. You know, he's not always with the rest of them, but uh, it's an extreme character, and for this type of show, it works. It wouldn't work on a lot of other shows because he's very outside of the like real world, but. Uh, the next scene is when they are deciding their draft order, which I think is a really fun scene because it was done very creative. And again, you know, having played fantasy football as long as I have, like, we always make a big deal about when we do our draft order. Uh, we were at Ferg's house for the 4th of July this this year, and that's when we did our order for our league just because a lot of us were there. And it, we just do the standard, put all the names in a hat and pick them out in order. But what they did was they put all the names in uh, or all the numbers in a hat and had everyone select a number out of the hat. And everyone's excited because they're thinking that's their number for the draft. But no, number one doesn't mean you're the first overall pick. It means all those kids over to the side who are at this birthday party who are numbered are about to have a a potato sack race. And that is your child. The order at which they finish this race in is the order at which you will be drafting in. Which I thought was very clever and fun because then as they race, now you have all these grown adults screaming at these children like they're racehorses trying to get them to finish uh, this potato sack race first. By the way, that's also the first mistake of the show is they, they pick out, they all got assigned a number from a thing in the hat. And Ruxin says to Kevin, you didn't even pick your, your daughter. And he's like, yeah, because she's slow, but it was randomly chosen. So it's like, right. That doesn't yeah, make I mean, any sense. Throwaway. I do love, though, that even like, so the only, I guess, Ruxin has kids and uh, Kevin have kids. And they're both just such shitty parents. And they just <laughs> right. treat children so shitty in this yeah. entire episode. It's so fucking funny. And Fergie, I think if you're going to pick that scene apart, I think the other thing to note is that not everyone from the league is there to pick a number. Yeah, they have two um two guys that are uh, like they, that auto draft, like the all the thing and they're like out of town guys and then they had one guy that was like via the phone. Oh yeah, isn't one of them Adam Brody? Eventually, eventually think, down yeah. the road, yeah. yeah. So uh eventually um Ruxin gets his number 1 overall pick and he's making it very known that he'll be taking Adrian Peterson with the number 1 pick. And then we spot the Oracle who is uh Matt Freeman, he's a young kid. He was how how old we how old would you say he is? Yeah, special needs Harry special Potter. Special needs Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a flaxen-haired little maniac, which is like again so perfectly wordy. This show, the writing. I mean, we talked about I think it was last week's episode where the origin of water cookies is this show, right? There's so many things that they come up with in the writing, and the idea of even, like calling a character who's a little kid the Oracle, and then having everything be around him being a fantasy football <laughs> maniac. And then calling him a flaxen hair. Like, everything about the writing is so spot on. So, do we know roughly how old this kid is? Like, I'm not fantastic. I thought he was nine. He's at Ellie's birthday party, and Ellie is younger than nine. But you'd assume he might be, like, a neighbor kid? Well, when you're at that age, too, you could also just be, like, 
It's kids. Kids are like your dad's friend's kid comes to the party because he invited his friend. So like this the kids whole, are always yeah, this whole story arc with him and Ruxin is like my favorite part of the entire episode. Too. It's so good. And it just keeps going yeah. again. It's the writing of this show where like it gets more and more extreme, even yeah. to a point where we'll get to it later where you think it should end. And he is running after the scenario yes. to make it keep going. There's also um, and to catch you up to like this kid who they call the Oracle, he's a young child, let's say uh, 10-ish, maybe about 10. I think 10's a safe bet. And I thought they said he was 9. Was it? In the show. Was it officially Yeah, I thought nine? they All said right. it was yeah, 9. I think Gordon's yeah. right. I think they did say he was 9. Okay, so he's 9 years old, and he's a fantasy football expert. It's explained that because basically he has no ch- he has no wife he has no kids all he has to do is focus all his time and attention on fantasy football also as they're introducing him like one of them goes is he licking a hot dog right now like he's just like this strange kid <laughs> i love that idea though that like think about when you were super into something when you were like nine or ten years old right like yeah you could just dive right into it and it's your entire life like you could just study i mean baseball cards you read the stats like you always hear about little kids who were like i knew every home run that every player from this season is that when uh is that when you got into flashlights joe that's when I got into flashlights. Yeah, flashlights and uh, drawing little check marks on pieces of paper to confuse Nick. Son of a bitch. Tell me what it was about. <laughs> Never. It was how many days apart I was from Room Clan. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a prison wall. but uh, It looked like a prison wall when we were done. <laughs> and then, um, so now the next scene is Taco is finally going to play the song that he wrote for his niece, Ellie, which started off kind of nice. Yeah, it's a sweet little folk song. Simple chord structure, you know, happy song about a birthday. And as the lyrics progress, as the song goes deeper and deeper, they get dirtier and dirtier. Uh, one of the earlier things he said when you first see that this song's taking a turn is uh, he said something about how he tore her panties off and his wee wee was hard as a rock. And uh, I love he, that. He, of and course, then the little girl goes wee wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, he's talking about Ellie's parents, his brother and sister in law. And um, yeah, this is about the, her parents. The yeah, basically her story of how she was conceived. Uh, basically, you realize that the story, which means that, you know, Kevin got drunk and explained to Taco and the rest of the guys how they conceived Ellie. And that it means that they were he was too drunk to put on a condom and they had too much wine. And he made this into a sweet love song, which is so great. <laughs> but also it makes you realize that Kevin's character, you can totally picture how he told them the story and how uh-huh. miserable he was about it. And then the way that Taco's brain works Interpreted it into it. a love song. <laughs> How do you think Kevin made that up like he makes up other stories? There's also, um, there's the lines as well about um, how they start giving each other head. <laughs> and <laughs> So they formed a 69 and your mom came at least three times. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Why, why did she allow, like, the wife allow that to go on so long? <laughs> like, because Ke- Kevin was distracted. You have the excuse that he's trying to, like spy on the oracle talking to ruxin yes as that's all happening he's also he ca- he's catching ruxin trying to talk to the oracle so he's he's supposed to be filming this birthday party and this disgusting song his, his brother wrote but he keeps panning over to try to spy on ruxin and the oracle talking like on like a swing set or something creepy Did this scene remind anybody of you know the scene in old school which would have been like what a few years before this in the same kind of comedy where there's the band playing and they like throw in the swears yeah yeah 
and is everyone's that the just kind of handling it. But when they hear a swear, yeah. everyone kind of gives a half glance backwards, like, "Wait, what? Like, did they just say that?" <laughs> like that was sort of what the scene reminded me of. And then when the song finally gets cut off, we cut to Megan talking to Jenny, and this is when she finds out that they're trying to have a child because I think she offered to grab her like a drink or something. And now Pete's getting nervous, and he's slipping in all these little comments about like. Yeah, that's a great decision because you guys are totally ready and this is a good time for you guys right now because you're positive this is what you want. And he's really trying to make it known that they're in different situations in life and that's why what's good for them is not good for him and his wife. I mean, that's a tough situation. I don't think any of us have ever been into that before, but like, I can't even imagine if like you're in a situation where, especially as we get older, right? Where like, if you want to have kids uh, organically, the time sort of is an issue, right? To be on opposite sides of that is not going to be a fun conversation. Well, yeah. And then they start talking about scooping out the swimmers and. Well, yeah, it's just, and it's one of these conversations that like, you don't want to have with your partner in front of all your friends. Yeah. So, you know, she starts accusing him of having slow swimmers and that's why nothing's happened yet. And yeah, that's when he mentions, well, maybe I wouldn't be so distracted if you, if there wasn't a finger in my ass and you know, yeah, and then everybody's (laughs) looking at them at this point, a very uncomfortable thing to just spit this out in the middle of the party. little girl's like seventh birthday party it's yes. so loud fifth, the entire fifth birthday time. party she's five i think she's turning six huh is she turning six maybe i don't know i don't know if she's four turning five or five turning six because it's irrelevant she's really five to taco earlier <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's hard to tell at that age group though where it's like you're all sort of just in the middle of young kid right I also feel like this, I mean, the whole show is like, you feel like it would be um, almost like a reach or whatever for, but in reality, it's more true to form than anything, really. Like, this is the kind of, we, I mean, we all, you know, I feel like some of us, us have maybe, kids. Maybe we're not the norm, but. No, I see. Maybe. I think like, it's very, con- like, I could be very much picture myself having a grotesque conversation with. Ferg, while we're somewhere with his son, yep. who was off doing it probably something, right? it probably happened on my Fourth of July party that was right full exactly. Of it's all just of like friends, it, kids, and my yeah. Kid. Not everything is PG and every and I think that's you know right. Doesn't captured change you, well change the way you are just because you have a right. kid. You're still right, gonna be yeah. the gross dickhead that you always have been. Right. Yeah. I do like the the little button on that part of the scene is um well she slaps him after the finger in the ass comment and kind of walks off embarrassed but then ellie says whore as she walks by and like taco's like super proud of her yeah and he pays her (laughs) yeah (laughs) he gives her a treat like a dog (laughs) after that we get to the next scene which is ruxin and kevin coming out of an elevator in there they must be at work right so uh and you see them talking fantasy football as they're walking they're both in suits so this is when you discover they're both lawyers but they're actually in a case against one another kevin's representing the state yeah, Ruxin makes sense. He's a slimy criminal defense lawyer, yeah. and Kevin is a district attorney. So even right. in their work positions, they're on complete opposite sides fighting yeah. each other. So you have Ruxin, who's representing uh, Mr. Gomez, Ernesto, Ernesto Gomez, or Ernie, <laughs> who I guess robbed like three liquor stores, and there's hard evidence that he did it. I guess he waved to the camera and said, like, hi, mom, <laughs> like, <laughs> in the midst of like robbing like the third store, and he's supposed to be getting about 10 years in jail for this. So Kevin proposes to Ruxin because he knows he's going to win this case. If you switch first round picks with me, because Ruxin had won the first round pick in the potato sack race, he will drop the sentence from 10 years to seven. Ruxin then says that for the first round pick, he should be able to walk out the door today, go on a crime spree that would make Robert Blake come his pants, <laughs> have sex with your wife, and then be given a parade in his honor. 
that is what a first round, first overall first round pick is worth to Ruxin. And you guys, everyone knows who Robert Blake is, right? And what this yes. right around this time, what happened? Yes. Okay, just making sure because that's like a no. Refresh my memory. No, no, I was no, gonna say no, re- re- recap it because you got a lot of silence. Just recap the situation. Oh yeah, just know. So Robert Blake was a big actor. He was on The Little Rascals. He was uh, Electric Light and Blue was a big movie he was in, but he was mainly uh, known for the TV show Beretta, where he was a cop, right? Really? Because I feel like every time they every time they referenced the Robert Blake situation, I felt like it was always the Little Rascals that got mentioned. I, I always thought more. I'd usually hear Beretta. In Wait, so what blood. did he do? So he killed his girlfriend and in a restaurant and basically came back and was like, no, I didn't. Somebody came in and did it. I went out to get my keys at the car. It was like a whole big thing. So he got convicted and like went to jail. And it was basically like this huge whole thing where it was like, oh, actor tries to kill his like young girlfriend or whatever. So this happened just around this time. And it was like every SNL joke, every thing was about this actor who killed his wife, which is kind of and a he dark was, I mean, thing. he was pretty old. And he was pretty old, yeah. And he's like a interesting guy. I mean, he's a great actor. No, he's graded. He's great as the uh, he's like the sleazy uh, head of the transit authority in the movie Money Train, which that might mean nice. nothing to anybody, but to the one percent of people out movie. there who love Money Train, Ferg, you're right there. I went with on me. DVD. So do I. Great movie. We're talking about DVDs the other day. How many DVDs do you watch? I've definitely put Money Train on way too many times in the past couple of years. The amount of time you watch television amazes me, considering how much I know you work. So you either are working or watching TV. Wait, he never, he never even went to jail for that. Yeah, he got, he got uh, let go of. Uh, they quit because uh, one was of the his lawyer was, traded his first round pick. So yeah. he's going <laughs> one of the big jokes was like the Mister Beretta, we salute you. That was like one of the big SNL jokes. So yeah, I think he got off on it, and then I think he ended up going to jail for something else. And there was like a civil suit and all that stuff, but it was like a huge deal at the time. But he was like a little old man. He wasn't like a you know young spry Hollywood actor anymore. I mean, he was a goddamn little rascal. That shit was like a hundred years ago. <laughs> During this negotiation period between Kevin and Rux and Ernesto's getting very nervous because I think at this point too it's very obvious that like jail is going to happen no matter what. Right? This is a matter of how much jail. And his fate is between these two guys arguing yeah. over something. So he's trying to, to stop them. And this is when you see they are both like, no, we're gonna. This is how we're gonna figure this out. It's going to be through this negotiation process. And I think eventually they settle on uh, five years for first round picks getting swapped. Which yep, he's like, what just happened? You're going to jail for five years. He's yeah, so to, matter of fact. And, about and, it. and just to and, and to cut back into actual fantasy football a little bit, if I was in a league and I found out that two people made a deal involving this, and this has happened before, that involve things that don't affect the league, all hell breaks loose. You cannot like just so you know in fantasy, like that is not allowed. Like the deal has to be even to not be lopsided and give someone an advantage in the league. If anyone, like if I was to be like Joe, if you give me this player of yours, I'll give you these DVDs of mine that like I know you want, and c- so you don't have to buy them. You know, that's not an okay deal. You can't mix outside and inside the league. Some people do, but it's it, in ours at least. It's not a not an okay thing to do. And I'm just thinking like this league, if they found out that Ruxin just gave Kevin his first round, first overall first round pick for no, no compensation on the back end, as far as like the league itself goes, chaos would ensue. I feel like Pete would have flipped out. From right. what we know about his character, I think the others are too dumb to realize that. Like, I oh, stole a Kit Kat bar last week. He's in <laughs> the a, best monologue. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to get into some of that stuff, Let's just keep it small. That's the best line about it. When he's like explaining, he's like, "Why did you go to the third liquor store? Keep it small." I feel like what we know about Ruxin, though, I feel like he wouldn't have taken that deal. I feel like the number one pick would have been more important. To that him. was my it was, but I think too, like yeah. you also yeah, like have too. to look at your work and like your win loss record when you're a lawyer. Like counts for stuff. 
So that's what I'm saying though is that would be more important to him than that because he's it's that it matters that much to him. Well, I think settling out settling out of court probably does not disclose the specifics. So as long as it looks like they settled, it doesn't look like you won or lost anything. So that's like a worthwhile position for him to be in. But I do like that he was his very honest like. When Kevin left the room and he's talking to Ernesto, he's not like, you know, playing dumb, like as the lawyer. He's like, I know you did it. Like, it makes me even better as a sleazy criminal defense attorney where he's like, "Uh, my job is to defend somebody who's clearly guilty and to try to get the least amount of punishment for being guilty. You know, it reminds me of that scene in Role Models when the guy's stealing the TVs and he's like, look at me, stealing TVs. And he's right on camera. (laughs) Can't remember his name. It's the first thing I thought of when they said they caught him on camera and like he was waving to the camera and stuff. When this concludes, we find out later that night, Ruxin goes to visit the Oracle at home and his dad, who's um, played by the actor Matt Walsh, who's also been in just a ton of shit. Also in role models. He works like nonstop. I don't know how yeah. that guy, like you made a joke about how like you don't know what I'm, I'm working or watching TV. That dude is only working. I don't imagine he even sleeps at this point. I point out that I don't feel at any point in this episode he gets quite mad enough at Ruxin. I Well, no. yeah. We'll get to that point jokes, later with the like... last scene of the Oracle, but like. I mean, Ferg, especially you with having a son, mm-hmm. I imagine that that would be just like a straight murder scenario. It wouldn't be right. like a weird thing. That first, like, when he first meets him and like he came to meet his son at night, it's like, fuck off. He, like, he should be getting like really upset. And, he's and not, not like, for nothing, like, I'm the annoyed. Or- Get out of here. Like, your, your son is about the same age as the Oracle, correct? Yeah. So just imagine the thought of a grown man or. I would assume that those guys at that point in 2009 are about our age now, right? I think so. That seems to track, yeah. Yeah, so think about someone our age knocking on your door like tonight to speak with your son in his room. But yeah, so he's going to talk to, he wants to talk to the Oracle. So his father answers the door. He is not, he's not pleased about this at all. And um, I don't think, does he let him in? I don't believe so, right? It kind of cuts no, he right doesn't. after that. No, no. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll hit him up on Facebook. And he's like, no, you will not. Yeah, yeah. He shuts the door on him. So he has to pick him up later on. The, so the next scene, I was a little confused by. Kevin shows up at Pete's house because he left the Shiva there. And he's going to return it. Because basically, I think basically it's the assumption of bad luck having the trophy that you didn't earn in your house, right? I'm assuming it's something like that. I think that. so, yeah. But this is when Pete's like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to play this year. Like, I, I just don't have the time, and I didn't really see what the angle was at this point. It was because Pete had to settle down. That's why he didn't want to have the baby with Megan, but now he's kind of trapped because he found out they're having, they're trying for a kid again, and after he said no several times, now she's like, they're having their second fucking kid. Like, you, right, but we, why we does need this, to move forward. Why do you have to abruptly quit the league to be able to do this? Like, His wife is telling him he has to quit the league. Because he's too involved in it. It's not like I, I can see it in the first uh, scene. Yeah. Which he, like, this takes he doesn't over go to his work life. If it. he was just a normal dude yeah, but and I, just did I, his I thing imagine- and- you would say, like, you know what, settle down a little bit with the league. Because, like, if you're going to compare yourself to Kevin and Jenny's life, like, Kevin is still very much involved in the league. So I think everything compare. in this show, though, is extremes, right? It's extremes. And she's not saying he's doing he's doing the league to the extreme and she hates it to the extreme. So the extreme answer is to he can't do it anymore. And Kevin won't handle that. So his extreme is to bring it to his house. Is he the one where his wife is helping him with the team? Kevin, Kevin, yeah, his Kevin wife, is, his yeah. wife is helping him with with. So this is what I'm like saying. They're they're like in on it together, right? Her attitude towards fantasy football is a lot different than Megan's is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I'm saying if if 
Megan is using Kevin and Jenny as a standard to compare to with like, well, I want a child. They have a child. They're having another child. If you're going to use them as your comparison piece, couldn't then Pete be like, well, Kevin's also part of the league and Jenny supports that and even helps him. Like, you don't support me with that. Kevin's not skipping work to do league stuff. Like That's he true. did at the beginning. It's yeah. the whole thing of you have to grow up and commit to the thing. And, and you know, I we're believe... in a relationship. We need to get to the next step. And then like the logical thing is he's actually doing the right thing. But this show's not about doing the right thing. Right. And <laughs> so... do we ever even establish what Pete does for work at this point? Not in this episode. I forget. No. We know we got we know we have two lawyers, we have a doctor, we have a taco, but we don't really know what Pete's Yeah, they do role in society. I don't think they Not say in it in this episode. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they say it. I don't remember. So basically, period, yeah. So. And that scene pretty much ends off with Kevin leaving the trophy in the middle of the street. Like, I'm not I'm not taking this back home. And he's like, fine, leave it there. Like, I'm not grabbing it. And there was like a weird little spotlight on it at one point too, right before the scene cuts away. Like there's this <laughs> one light like shining right over it. But that was the end of that scene. Kind of this quick little thing. And then the next scene is the draft. Like, we're having the draft party at Andre's house. He has an amazing... Andre's crazy loft. Yeah, he has this amazing place. Uh, he hired, like, these beautiful girls to be, like, the bartenders and servers for the evening. And and Pete isn't there, you know, to go back to the scene before that. So he has held up. He's not showing up at the draft. And now uh, he's talking about his house, and he has this, like, 65-inch LED, which, honestly, for 2009, is pretty impressive. Because Yeah, that is. That is. The whole house is in... I, I wasn't expecting that out of this character. Yeah, because it's 2021 now, and like 65 is still a pretty decent TV to have in your living room. Like, yeah, in 2021, I I got a 75 inch TV. It's only you know 10 inches bigger. And how, how many years ago was it? I'm sorry, 2009. Yeah, so you're so talking 12, 12 years. years ago. I mean, that, that's crazy. That probably set him back. <laughs> like then, like, oh, at that point too. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, when my... TVs were expensive. Now a 65 inch TV know? was really expensive five years ago, let alone 12 years ago. And for I don't think my living room TV is 65 inches. It's also old and weighs about 400 pounds. So I think maybe that's an issue. Is it a, is it a big box CRT? One? No, it's not a CRT. It's probably like second generation of it's it's post plasma, but like when the flat screens became bigger, but they're still still they're just like still heavy, you know? Yeah. I know Whereas like my living yeah. my bedroom TV is like a new TV. It weighs like as much as my computer, and it's huge. But you can pick the up one the one living room. Yeah. yeah, these new TVs, it's awesome. Yeah, they weigh nothing now. Whereas like how many people just took giant chunks of drywall out by trying to hang their TVs yeah. on their wall, not way too heavy stud yeah. and just rid of the TV and the walls. Yeah. <laughs> I think hanging up uh, flat screen TVs is when people actually started taking seriously where studs are in the wall and like the importance <laughs> yeah. of following it. Yeah, because it's not a framed picture, right? It's not like a low right. stakes thing that's going to pull half your yeah, wall down. If that falls, it's not a huge deal. Purchase. Uh, what I also like about the scene is Andre's like desperately trying to make a toast. He's very proud of this party that he curated for the draft and all his friends are here and as he keeps trying to toast everyone just keeps taking sips before he can finish or they'll say cheers to one another as he's desperately trying to finish that was and i noticed there were points where it cut and it looked like they were all legitimately laughing at points they they looked like genuine smiles as they were filming that scene I love that too. It's like when people crack up on an SNL sketch, it's always funnier because yeah. you know everybody who's doing it's also enjoying the moment. It's not just some like yeah. sort of sterile acting technique. Like I love. There's a scene where Kevin's talking. He's just holding the beer bottle right to his lips, being like, "I'm not drinking it. I'm not drinking it," which is such a little kid <laughs> shit thing to do, and it's so funny. And uh, once we get through that, Andre, they discover Andre framed his first joint that he ever shared with them. <laughs> and the they're funniest laughing. Part of the whole fucking yeah, I knew this would be a Gordo scene. scene. Whole, yeah. Go ahead, Gordo. Explain the scene. 
Yeah, this is all you, bud. All me? Go ahead. Oh, no. Explain the scene. This is your favorite oh, so- part. Let's see what happens. Oh, so so they he looks at his is he's got a joint like in like a shadow box frame and he's really <laughs> proud. Box. It's like a shadow box and they're like, is, is that yeah. art? And he's like, no, 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 this is the first joint. And they go, well, you know that was my pubes. I think it's Kevin who said it. And he goes, yeah, you know that was my pubes, right? And he was like, no, 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 like, but yeah, I got man. so high. <laughs> yeah, how did I get so high? And they're like, I don't know, but like it was right at the bottom of the shaft and. Yeah, funniest fucking thing. <laughs> and uh, Taco takes note to this conversation. He's very intrigued. Yeah, one point he gets really he serious. Really he goes, "Wait, wait, no! Did it really get you high?" Yeah. And he just takes <laughs> yeah, that note. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love. Uh, it's not even a joke, but I love Ruxin's delivery when they're like, "Did you tell him?" He goes, "No." How do you tell him some something like that? It's <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good point. It's just like him being really serious, but it was a fun. It was funny the way he delivered it. From there, we cut to Pete, who's not at the draft, and you see him getting ready for some sort of an event where he's, you know, getting dressed pretty nicely. He's asking me, "Like, what's this event that we're even going to?" And it's called Down Doggy, which is for <laughs> dogs with Down syndrome. <laughs> and uh, I had to, out of curiosity, give it a quick Google. Dogs cannot get Down syndrome. I, I assumed, but I'm glad you did the. Well, I, I love. There's up. a lot of times where, like nowadays, like I'll, you find out, like dogs get all these diseases and and conditions that like are like to things we have. So I'm like, well, I guess it's possible that they can get Down syndrome. Yeah, so. I know dogs that are on Prozac and stuff. Yeah, like you can do all sorts of crazy stuff. But now. this is like a chromosome thing. They just don't have the same DNAs. Yeah, it's, it's a like, different. Yeah, they're not uh, human uh, beings. <laughs> I right. love how his the, the sincerity in the how do they even know question yeah. was like it would be the first thing I would ask too. How do you even know a dog has Down syndrome? Because they're I mean they're dogs. <laughs> and she's so mad that I didn't he even, even questioned think of it that until you yeah. just said it now yeah. and I almost spit my drink out. I was like, yeah, how would you <laughs> test for it? Yeah, <laughs> you test a dog for that. What is happening? And she just looks at him very matter of fact. And it's like it's an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> such good back and forth yeah and also she thinks it's just like the event in itself is good for networking it's a good opportunity for him to meet people and get his name out there for whatever occupation so he this has. is where i think that he was unemployed this is where, where i got the vibe oh, maybe he maybe was he was yeah oh, maybe he's call, looking to yeah, go to because... an event and and network and try and get a job and that's why she's so mad that they never he's... do talk about what he does in this episode right not in this episode no, no yeah, they so don't. maybe he's not working gorda that's a good call so maybe early on in the first scene, she's mad because he's not looking, looking for work. For he's doing yeah, he's fantasy football stuff. That's possible. Yeah, that's that's what this kind of got the wheels in motion for me. I think you may have cracked that code there, Gordo. Very possible. And we also get the, at this point, we get the doorbell ringing and it's, they must have a, a maid, right? And, or a housekeeper or something. She's showing up and she's wearing his draft shirt that he had asked her about earlier in the episode. <laughs> Which just reads, I shaved my balls for this. <laughs> I have a lot of issue like, with this scene. He's like, where'd you get this? And it's like, oh, Megan gave it to me or whatever. Oh, is it the so, size of the shirt? Is that your issue? It's the size of the shirt. And the fact the that print. the shirt she, Teresa, is wearing is very, dis- it's distressed, right? Like an old piece Exactly. Shirt. I noticed like, the same I, thing. I then, shirt. It's all There's a point up. we'll Pete get, yeah. up wearing it later on, it's like a yep. brand new screen shirt. Exa- I noticed the same exact thing when I watched it. I'm glad it wasn't just me. That drove me insane. Yeah. No, I noticed it right away when he showed up. And I'm like, first I noticed the size, then I noticed like how much cleaner it was. And- yeah, it was it was drastically different. That was some some set design problems right there. It was, it was it's not the system for the traveling sure. pants here. It's not going to just fit everybody no, and just, look the same. Just have him wear a, a bigger shirt or hire a skinnier maid. Like, 
Or I don't Not even care about high. the size, honestly. I care about the fact that it just looks so like yeah, the aesthetics look, look so different. Like, keep the distressed logo. That's all you have to do. And then so we get back to the the draft and Kevin Stalling because I think you know obviously I think when you look at this whole group, Pete and Kevin are probably the closest friends, right? Out of that whole team, it seems like those two are best friends. So he's like, he's really stalling because he doesn't want his best friend not in the league with them anymore. Like, this is like a really important thing to all of them. And uh, so he's stalling and stalling and stalling. They kind of know what's going on. But Pete does finally show up wearing the, the shirt. And as Joe said, it was a much newer shirt when you see him show up in it. So an oversight there for sure. But he has the Shiva with him, which is a little beat up. So I guess he did leave it outside and a car probably hit it at some point. <laughs> I think he makes a joke about the garbage truck. So I imagine he like had to maybe wrestle it from the garbage man. I think he says the the garbage truck backed into it. It's, not, it's something like that. He says something backed into it. Is this also where we established that the, whomever the, the, the doctor is hired Andre. Andre? people? Yeah, Andre, that he hired people to be a party. I yeah. don't know if that these, was... I think Established. They asked him about it, but he just yeah, said it's he a said party. That he and hired them. He said that he, he hired, hired the, the oh, he staff. hired the bartenders. He hired he the hired bartenders. The I thought that he hired the people to come to the party. See, if you know Andre, it. it's entirely possible that he did that. No, but I, I don't, thought that he yeah, said his whole that. character oh, is. Fake I don't remember if he, if he said it, that. Like, but but uh, also, I mean, it wouldn't uh, be out of character for him. But I, I don't. I think those were just like people he knew. But he hired the bartender and like the staff. No, I know that, but I thought he also said that he had hired the, the people to be at a party. I don't too. remember that. They, I remember they, them asking, they talk but I don't think it. that came up. Yeah, because they do they, talk about it. They do, and I thought he said that he hired them. That's just me. But this is we did mention it earlier, but this is when we find out officially that's an eight person league and like three of them aren't even at the draft. So it's kind of weak. I don't know if it's kind of funny. This whole show is about a fantasy football it's like league. A plot where, device like, you couldn't get around, honestly. Yeah. Like you can't have an eight person cast. Well, you can and have a couple phone-in friends or at least give them yeah, some yeah. sort of a preference. I understand is it's five people and like the rest of the league are all like out of town, but they think, so why make it eight? Why not just have 12 out of town people? Like, yeah, you could do that well, too. Well, not 12 out of town, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Have the extra equal to 12, like like an average league. Yeah. I mean, some yeah. leagues are, are as small as eight, but again, I just think you could have maybe established some sort of a presence of those other people, even if it was just for the draft. Like, oh, like look at who flew in just for the draft. Just, I don't know. Try it or have someone video chat with them for a minute because I, I just felt like it's kind of this unspoken about thing at all times but it is what it is you think they just do you think they just assumed casual watchers like wouldn't be like wouldn't yeah, read that I much guess. into it and it's you know it, it is what it is i guess it's more it's something i probably didn't care about until i got into fantasy football so maybe it's just one of those things that they assume most people won't take much note to we see the draft board as they get going, and I got like a nice little pause screen when there were a couple rounds in, and you see a lot of these names of like all these players. And again, we were you surprised how we late Marshawn Lynch went. You know what I was surprised about is like out of this whole thing, you had in the in it was like the first or second. I think it was like the second pick of the second round was Larry Fitzgerald, who still plays today. I also thought it was funny that Andre was the first person to draft a quarterback because that was like a subtle guy doesn't know what he's doing thing that they, you know, never mentioned and only put the sticker up there. But it was funny. It was the when you look at the players that were there and in the order they were in, it was actually pretty true to form. I would say without actually specifically looking at the draft standard draft lists for 2009, like it seemed pretty accurate, which again, for me, that works. I like seeing that. And and again, I thought it was I, I, I don't know. I really like seeing Larry Fitzgerald's name and just knowing that. This was in 2009, and he's still a player who. Not only is he still a player, he's still a good player. And for the same team he was on in 2009. 
<laughs> he's well, yeah, he's he's in his final year or two for sure. But I, I actually like this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about having actual players is like also playing fantasy football like we do. Like I liked looking back and hearing these players that like went off those random years. Like yeah, because it Matt was like Forte. when they said Matt Forte, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and I, yeah. Then I took him the next year and he did shit. But yeah, Steven Jackson was like a little bit of a flash in the pan. He was one of the early. Who did Andre want to draft that had already? Keyshawn Johnson. No, oh, Keyshawn yeah. Johnson. Yeah. That was yeah, later. Later on, the... he, he goes to draft Keyshawn Johnson. Because all everyone here else, aside from me, likes football. This is the part of the show where I get lost, where I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what this means. I don't know who these people are. Shannon Sharp. He, he, he it, drafted it, it the year. It wasn't Shannon Sharp, because Shannon Sharp was playing at that time still. But no, no, They were joking that he picked no, a commentator. They, they, yeah, but it wasn't Shannon Sharp. It was a different commentator. Uh, what I like, too, is um, was it was it Andre who Later, then drafted someone from the Calgary Stamp. No, Taco did. Taco from the Calgary Stampeders. From the Calgary yeah. Stampeders, which He's is a legit CFL. team in the CFL. <laughs> Who flying Brian Pillman played for the Calgary Stampeders at one point? That's true. And I think after the Bengals, maybe before he got to the Bengals, I'm not sure. And I know Doug Flutie had a stint there, and I want the, oh, the Rock might have also played for the Calgary Stampeders. I know when he was in the CFL, it might have that might have been where Dwayne used to play. But yeah, go Stampeders. Is the CFL still a thing? Yeah, and I believe that yeah. I believe the Stampeders are still a team. And of course, Stampede Wrestling. Yeah, Calgary. It's all Calgary, Calgary yeah. because the Calgary Cowboy. Stampede is a big event yeah. in Calgary. It's a big. So that's why so many event, things yeah. are yeah. Bowls so there are, and yeah. So so many things are named after that big event that happens in Calgary. Like a lot of big, livestock and cowboy hats. Yeah, there's big rodeo that happens in the middle of Canada for some reason. Fuck else is there to do? I've never been to Calgary. I've been to Montreal. I've been to Ottawa. I've been to. Uh, the Maritimes. I've only I've been, been to Montreal. Never been to Montreal. Uh, never been to uh, Calgary though, which seems like a, a pretty interesting place. I like um in this scene, Ruxin pretends to be the Oracle's teacher so he can call him, and one of them yells out like paging to catch a predator. Like everyone acknowledges how creepy <laughs> yeah, it is that he's yeah, establishing this relationship. And also, with to a young catch boy. a predator was one of the greatest TV shows of all time. It was so and good. Yes, so it was. sad that they never figured out a way to get that back on TV. Yeah, but now uh, fucking Hanson, the host of that, is a predator and he's going to jail. Is he a predator or did he what? just have a wife issue? No, he. I'm pretty sure like he was like had like kitty porn too. Something like no, that. no, there's no way. I think he just got caught in a weird thing where he was cheating on his wife. Is his name Chris Hanson or Craig Hanson? Chris. I was trying to look up Andre's thing, but now I have to switch to, to catch a predator. But yeah, so then obviously, so then Ruxin's up there talking to the Oracle in the bedroom. Yeah, he eventually gets him to the party at first he was trying to call him now he gets him to the party with him and takes him upstairs in a private bedroom and he's wearing his he gave ruxin gave him his peyton manning jersey so now he's wearing his jersey which is important to note for something that happens in about a minute or so and also quick sidebar we find out that pete broke up with megan it to mention it because it's important to the episode but you know they didn't really get into it much after that they were just heading in different directions but him wearing the shirt is pretty much the indication you yeah. need that this relationship's over. He chose the league and his friends over. He had a choice. And- he had to go one way or the other. He there was no there was no world that he could have both. Apparently, at least to Megan, that was not an option. You had to pick one or the other. Chris Hansen was arrested for missing a court date connected to not returning materials to a defensive attorney representing one of three people charged with attempting to sexually assault a child between the ages of 13 and Basically 15. what it is is he didn't turn over all the footage from the sting that they were working on to catch these dudes. 
and they served a warrant to him to get the footage. Basically, okay, what perfect. It was. So he's yeah. not he's not yeah. a shithead. That okay. makes me even much happier because I love Chris Hansen. I love Tish Predator. Gordo, at your old apartment, we still you had all of them DVR'd the very beginning of TiVo when you lived with Russell. We'd go over there. We'd buy as many <laughs> of the um. God, what was the big Wendy's burger at the time? The Baconators. The Baconator. We'd buy like 15 Baconators and drink all night and watch every To Catch a Predator over and over again. And when yes. later on, I remember going through Florida on tour, driving from in Route 1, you go from one end of Florida to the other. And every time we'd hit a city, I'd be like, oh, Flagler Beach. That's where To Catch a Predator happened. Just like, <laughs> kept saying different cities. They're just like, please stop remembering every city they did things. In yeah, the show. To Catch a Predator. Yeah. Um, and on that note, this is when Ruxin has the Oracle up in the room with them. They're not in agreement because they keep trying to talk about draft strategy and they can't get on the same page. Every time Ruxin has an idea, it sounds like this kid keeps shooting it down, but doesn't seem to have a good solution of his own, at least. That's a great draft pick two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> then he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> he apologizes yes. to the child. <laughs> so then, uh, it's established that this isn't working out, so he's just going to leave. And Ruxin's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's like, I just gave you my Peyton Manning jersey. He's like, I want my jersey back. So now he's like, I'm not giving you the jersey. So Ruxin is trying to forcibly remove this jersey from the child. He's right- stripping a child. He is, yeah, he's removing clothing from this nine-year-old boy right as his father storms into the room and opens up the door and sees this happening. And, like, how does a murder not happen in this moment? Exactly. He and just, or at like, least in arrest. Yeah, pulls him out. He doesn't yeah. at least punch him or, like, go after right. him, like, you son of a bitch! Like, and his response to the dad is that the son is being a total douche. That's yeah. how he tries to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And even then, like, Ruxin's so confident. Like, he's not like, yep. This looks bad. It's more like, I'm a lawyer. This I'm pretty sure that, that won't hold up in court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just doubles down. He's so slimy. It's perfect. But he, don't, he doesn't get punched. He doesn't get yelled at. He just no, he does it. push he him into the draft board. Like... He, he pushes him, puts him into the draft board, knocks the Shiva over, kind of breaks it even more. And the, the closing scene is essentially Taco leaves the bathroom with this girl that he had brought in with him and asks, Kevin for some of his pubes because his aren't working and she doesn't have any. <laughs> and then like a good way the show ends the way you I, I love that like a, a theme song with like da, 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 da. it's just a quick simple thing so you it's it's almost like Curb Enthusiasm where you make a joke and you know the music is going to come right after it. Yep. But there's always going to be a button followed by this one melody and then you're out. Yeah it's, it's going to close on a one liner like that's how the show is meant to work. It's always going to close on that one liner. And yeah, that's the whole episode. So we've we've covered all of uh, episode one of the league, the draft. Uh, anything you guys want to say about this show in general, this episode that we didn't touch on already? I would just like to say that I hope that you're all proud of me because I did very, very well in this episode. Much better than I thought. Yeah, Much better. It was we, very, you get very a water cookie for me. I tried yeah, to I'm going to eat a Joe. bunch of water cookies when we got here because <laughs> I could have mentioned 9-11 so many times. Ah, and I just there it is. Once. Overall, he did a pretty good job i'm proud of you big guy good job joe thank you guys (laughs) so let's get right into it then let's close it out let's talk about our green lighter cancel segment right now i'm gonna go in the order i normally see you guys in on my screen joe you're starting this time all right so one weird thing to mention i loved this show so much that when this first came out right we were still in the, the ipod era uh they used to put out a sound clip or a song or something every week on twitter and you could download it as an mp3 and to this day i still have a cd with like 50 different the league clips or songs on it and i play it every once in a while because it just puts me in a happy place that's so weird <laughs> yeah i can uh, i'll put it into the drive for you guys because there's some some good stuff yeah in i wouldn't mind hearing that honestly it's, yeah 
pretty good. But I love this show. Obviously, the 9-11 thing, I find just that, I mean, that just was icing on the cake for me. But this episode's great for somebody who has just hated football his entire life to love a show as much as I do about this. I think they've just found a weird way around it. So for me, it's a huge. I just want to say, too, if we did do the our, our own fantasy league just for this show, I guarantee you would change your mind on football, which you've hated your life. We're going to find out. Uh, yeah, I think tur- it, it has turned people in the past. It has turned people in the past. Gar- it, it's magic. I'm, I'm willing to try. It always feels like I miss out on the. Like I hate in the wintertime, I hate going to bars on a Sunday because you're like, I just want to have a drink and everyone's yelling about football. Yeah. And now you would have. Yeah. I'd have the thing. Yeah. You have a reason to yell at the TV. Yeah. To not tangent too much in the middle of the segment, I will say like anything else, when you have the players on your teams, it gives you reasons to watch games that aren't just your hometown team or even within your team. It gives you things to pay attention to. You might normally not pay attention to in the sport because you're paying attention to individuals, performances and stuff like that. And you're tracking yards and catches and stuff. So it makes it a game. It's, It's a game within the game that you're playing that even if you don't like the sport, you like the fact that you have a team and you need your people to perform to win. So without liking football, you can enjoy playing fantasy football for that aspect of it. But I think uh, you gave it the green light. Did you already say that officially? Yeah, officially green light. Okay, so Ferg, on you. Uh, green light. I don't have that much to say about this show, which is really r- well written. I like the jokes, a little more adult jokes. Pretty funny. Our, our specific sense of humor, I feel. And yeah, I, the only thing I didn't like, like I said, is Taco. I can't stand his character. It gets worse with time. But uh, yeah, Ruxin is awesome. Pete's awesome. Kevin's awesome. The wives, well, the wife, Megan leaves. But uh, yeah, green light. Go to one of you. I already know so, what you're going to say. I am, I am going to cancel this as a TV show. But green light this as a movie. This, based on this first episode, this should not be a television show. This should be a movie, like old school or like something else. Now, hear me out. It's too dated to be a classic television show because you're using teams in 2009. Whereas I feel like the replay value would be better suited for a movie. At least you know you're going to watch a one-off kind of thing about people playing a fantasy football league in 2009, and that can translate all the way through time if it's funny. um, What's the difference if if it's a movie or thing? Wouldn't it still be dated? I don't understand that concept. I feel like it's in a short... How long did this go? Five seasons? I believe it was six seasons. I'd have to check. Yeah, that's too long. I feel like if it's just a one shot and done. Seven it, it seasons. Works. I'm sorry. Seven, 84 episodes over seven seasons. I think that's too long for something that is so current and so specific. That's just my opinion that like it takes me out of it because then I have to go back to thinking about 2009. Even though I found jokes funny, I found everything funny. I think this works better as a movie. And that's what I got from the first episode. I probably will watch it again, but giving my honest opinion, I would cancel this as a TV show, green light it as a movie. All right, Nick, on to you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm green lighting. I am, uh, I enjoyed the, sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. The characters are all different enough 
but funny together that uh, I really like the chemistry that they all have. It's tough for a group of five people to all be individually funny and funny together at the same time. And I think they do a good job of that. Uh, like a couple of you have said that they, the writing is smart and you're, you're pushing the envelope as far as R-rated goes to, which I like to see people do. Especially FX is, is still just a TV network show. Like, so the fact that they were able to get away with most of this, um, I feel like Always Sunny kind of paved that way for that network. But it's nice to see that outside of the box as far as your rating goes. And um, green light. Yeah, I want to see more of it. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So for me, it's also a green light. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we've talked about earlier. I just think that in general, I love the show and I knew that going in and I try to ignore that and just focus on episode one, but I think episode one does a great job encapsulating what the show is and will be. Uh, You get to know all the characters. I just, it all lands with me. I do. I I don't know why you don't like taco. I love taco, but um, uh, I, I really enjoy the show throughout the whole thing. I think the jokes like what we touched on it's a different form of humor it's a little more adult it's a little dirtier and i think it parallels our humor a little bit more than what we normally see represented on television so it's kind of nice to have those jokes on a show and you kind of feel like you have a show that's a little bit more aimed to your audience than what you normally get uh so yeah again this was the show that made me start playing fantasy football so yeah green light for me so that's four out of five i feel like we've had a lot of four out of fives lately yeah yeah that's it's it because of gordo it has been lately so congratulations to the league you live on to see another day you get your episode two For those of you who want to watch the league, you can find all of that on Hulu presently at the time of this recording, at least. So go to Hulu if you want to watch the league. All seasons are available for streaming there. So yeah, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. I'd like to remind you once again, for all information in regards to us, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find everywhere where you can follow us on social media, everywhere to listen to us. Any link in relation to us is available on that website. Please make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. That does a lot to help us out with the algorithms. Uh, We appreciate all the feedback that we get from you guys, so keep it coming. Hit us up. Let us know what you like or don't like. We take all that to heart. That's it. That's all the time we have for today. Good night. Jet fuel doesn't melt. See, Brandon's easy. 